Welcome to Black Sheep by BBH. I'm your host, writer and performer, Daniela Isaacs. This podcast celebrates those that don't follow the flock. Across the series, I'll be having conversations with some of the world's most notorious black sheep. We'll hear their stories told through the rules they've broken. Black Sheep is a podcast about rules and how to break them. employees make up 5.5% of the creative sector, according to Creative Equals. Yet, in London, the epicentre of the media and advertising industry, BAME makes up 40% of the population. So why don't our creative industries reflect the local community? Executive producer Nana Bemper and creative director Kevin Morosky have worked on campaigns for Google, Prada, Dazed, and alongside his career in advertising, Kevin's also a filmmaker and photographer. His latest exhibition at the Tate Modern last year was a photographic show called Chocolate and Wood, which looked at technology's influence on race. Having both been in the industry for a number of years, they were desperate to connect with other people of culture within the creative sector. Because according to Nana, the entire industry, and I quote her on this one, is made up of homogenous, default identities, white, middle class and mainly male. They paired up in 2018 and set up a WhatsApp group called the People of Culture Collective, otherwise known as POC. Members of the community work far and wide, spanning countries and companies, including Ogilvy, BBC, Channel 4, Dazed, Sony, Spotify and BBH. Within two years, the group has grown up to a 500-plus strong community, taking action to improve the experiences of people of culture within the industry. We recorded this interview pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, pre-the world changing. Hello, Nana, and hello, Kevin. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Hi. As you know... The name of the podcast is Black Sheep. So I normally start with this question. Do you both see yourselves as Black Sheep? Um, well, not to get too deep, but... I got Please a bit get of a, deep early on. I've got an issue with that whole Black Sheep thing. Same. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like, Same. I think like the origins of um, Black Sheep and Barbar Black Sheep, it, the, there's just far too many connotations. So even just... Uh, discussing or like having it posed as a question it's like that same kind of feeling that you might get in an agency when you're like oh gosh like someone's just kind of gone there That's yeah how I like I understand like the I think this podcast does a really good thing of turning it into a positive and that's that's a beautiful thing so I'm not trying to par the podcast while being on the podcast yeah. <laughs> Um, we're, definitely, we're definitely not trying to do that. <laughs> no, we're not I did trying say to, to you before that. you came on, I want you to be as disruptive as you possibly can. So, yeah, you, you definitely got 10 out of 10 from the off. Uh, yeah, disclaimer, I'm from Croydon. So, <laughs> just so we're, so we're all clear. I'm a South Londoner. Um, yeah, same, same thing as Nana said, basically. Um, there are all of those kind of connotations. and um, Can you um, expand on that a bit more? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think... Um, I don't even know if I can say what the original rhyme of Bar Bar Black Sheep actually was and what it was referring to. Uh, blah, bar Bar Black Sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, yes, sir. Three birds. So bar, bar, one for his master. Yep. Um, I can't remember what the other one's for. One for something that runs with 
day or blame or something. And then one for the little boy who lives down the lane. But bar bar black sheep in that rhyme isn't a sheep. It's a black slave. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Free bag mm. for one for the master. And so that's where that came from anyway we just got deep well no i'm glad so now you, did. you know what kind of episode this is going to be. <laughs> but i guess in. in terms of i totally hear that in terms of the connotation of what black sheep means in terms of bbh itself i guess it means someone that goes against the grain right yeah i think a better word is or not a better word but another word we um i'm probably more comfortable with using is uh, are you a disruptor yeah um and yeah, I guess I have to say yeah, but it's a bit annoying because I don't think I'm doing anything revolutionary other than just using common sense and speaking facts. Mm. Like I don't, I don't understand what's so like ah against the grain. Like it's actually not. I'm just we're just talking facts and we're just actually trying to be as positive as ever. So why is that disruptive to be positive in yeah. terms of like the stories that we're trying to share and the community that we've bring together and continue to bring together? Yeah. I think when when the grain is all going in the wrong direction, because you're moving in a positive direction, it shouldn't be against the grain. Like mm. what we're doing is very normal and we're living our lives. And I'll probably speak about it a little bit more later, but a lot of people say um, they try to kind of like box us in this diversity kind of category. And I'm always really anti that because... For me, what we are doing isn't about diversity. We're just people who are together helping and supporting one another because of experiences that we've had. More than uh, diversity, I would say that we're about equality mm. and balance, mm -hmm. um, which so kind of has nothing to do with... It does, obviously it lends itself to it, but it's about everybody having an equal space to express their opinions, everyone sharing in the joy, everyone being able to bring a piece of their culture to the table so everyone feels uh, included and represented, which are also cousins of diversity. So, yeah. Having heard that, and perhaps I'm projecting onto you, but does it not therefore make you feel annoyed to have to class yourself as a disruptor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for me anyway for sure because it's like I said it's just I'm doing like a nice thing so therefore what's disruptive about that unless the system is broken but people are very comfortable in the spots that they've got to whether that's um, money or you know well it actually is it's just money isn't it people are very comfortable with the money that they've got so anything that comes and power so anything that comes along is like actually can we share that rather than hearing are oh, can we just be equal what they're actually hearing is um can you hand over a bit of what you've got um and more time that's like not even like it's not as if that's not that's um not in exchange for a skill set or a thing that's bringing to the table it's not like anyone's being like you've got loads of money just give me your money that's that's called robbery that's not what we're discussing like what we're saying is actually there are all of these skill sets that can bring to the table let's have an equal voice absolutely yeah let's dive straight in please will you tell me the first rule that you've broken the first rule that um we've broken is hide your blackness 
um, there is um, there are loads of conversations around uh, a thing called code switching. So I think women do it in certain areas where they have to kind of lower uh, their their intelligence or presence to not come across as bitchy or like all of those kind of things. Um, I might go into a room and might have to kind of look at the way that I pronounce or describe things just to kind of get into the conversation and make other people around me kind of feel much more comfortable. Um, and lots of other groups do that. Can um, you give me some examples? Examples would be, I think, when we first started working um, together in the agency that we met up many, many years ago, and I would go into meetings and... I kind of made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to do that because I felt like, well, my experience and my authentic self and lived experience is important to these ideas that we're trying to make. So why would I really look at my pronunciation? And why would I look at the way that I talk and take that out of the room? The way that I talk is a combination of my grandmother getting off of that Windrush ship. Uh, it's a combination of the hardships that I watched my mother go through and kind of overcome. All of those things are tangled up in a way that I talk right and i'd go into rooms and like grown men would just be absolutely taking a piss at how i talk how i talked sorry um correcting you correcting me and just being like inverted comments yeah and all of that kind of thing and it's just like mm, not gonna kind of do this but i'd see other people around me other people of culture black brown and other ethnic minorities really really um just trying to fit in and like smiles that you can just see are completely fake and like laughing with like problematic jokes that actually are attacking them um and Anna, I, can you sorry i was ahead. just going to bring you in can can you relate to that too i think for me code switching has always it's existed forever throughout my life in different scenarios and in order to be able to survive in certain environments or to get to where I wanted to get to, you adopt certain things to survive. Be able, yeah, to be able to do that, 100%. To survive, because I think um, a lot of agencies, not, not with intent, but especially to minorities, they, they're hostile. They can be hostile environments. They can be hostile because um, an idea or point of view can pop up or a problematic joke, as I said before, can pop up. And if you're the only one in the room, that's like, yo, that's really wild what you just said, but everyone else is laughing. It's difficult. So point of this rule is, is that um, we all survive in a way that we can. And I don't judge anybody for the way that they try to survive. So I've never, ever been the guy to just like if a problematic joke comes up and I'm the one that has to call it out, but there are other black or brown people in the room that are just, ha ha, laugh along mm. because they just want to get past it. Um, that responsibility isn't, isn't theirs. It's got nothing to do with them. They're just trying to survive that situation. Um, but what we mean by kind of hiding your blackness is that, that fake laugh, that, yes, hi, I, I love my chicken spicy, great. We're having like a fourth conversation about chicken today or the mm. texture of my hair or... Um, yeah, such a big one. That hippity-hoppity yeah. music, all of that nonsense. And it's like from day dot from when I walked into this um, industry, um, 
I just didn't have a bar of it. And I think initially, as Nana said, we're from we're both from different backgrounds. Right. So I think when I met Nana, she was doing certain things to kind of just survive. I remember very clearly um, senior people coming into a room one day and just making comments about Nana's hair change. And I just like remember very clearly like taking off my headphones and you've been like, oh, yeah, OK. And I was like, no, nah, don't talk to her about her hair. And I was like super junior. Yeah. Like mad junior. Mm. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, don't talk to her about her hair. Don't attempt to touch it. Just like it's none of your business what she's done with her hair. But also there was some power in having that space. In a way, you're you're basically saying when people are in the hierarchical structure above you tell you to swallow it meaning swallow your culture swallow your previous experience you're saying absolutely not why should we hide our blackness that's yeah, not it's, acceptable it's 100 percent that like you're effectively asking us to step through doors and leave mm. like 90 step through the door please like we love what you're about but leave 90 percent of you outside but when you come through this door also give us all the secrets to your culture so we can be down with the kids on tiktok mm. are you mad like yeah. no but it's happening. It's happening. And do you notice it? it's still happening? Like in the rooms that you're in, do you see people, and this is to no judgment, as you said, uh, Kevin, but having to or feeling like they have to swallow their blackness in order to get on? It's not even, see, well, yes, seen in rooms, but it's like the conversations within the community is in like people, they want to be able to pluck what they want from culture and then leave the rest behind so you'll have a conversation they're like oh yeah we really need to speak to the right people mm. and then you know they'll want to have one conversation and then be like oh well they signed it off you know like and just run off and do whatever it is and without realizing that you know the best creative is going to happen when the people who are of that culture are embedded throughout the thing. You can't just have one conversation or you can't just go, oh, I'm just going to pluck that bit and then it's going to work because it won't. It's not authentic. So hearing that, will you kind of tell me the origin story of POC? Because I'm assuming it came out of this rule that you were probably not even consciously breaking of I am unwilling to hide my blackness. Um, yeah, I think we'd been in one agency before, we'd been in another, uh, me and Nana before, Pac had obviously worked together professionally, we became friends, um, family, pretty sure this baby should be named after me. <laughs> Just because you can't see everybody, uh, Nana's actually eight months, eight months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. These um, guys will be rolling their sleeves up in a minute. <laughs> It's mad. <laughs> mad excited though. A uh, pock baby. Um Yeah, so we'd we'd been in different spaces and done stuff together. And for every time we was in the room, it was just like me and Nana and one and two one or two other um people of culture. And we was just like, this is mad. Like this can't this cannot be it. Like why is it always the same kind of people? And I was having kind of heart palpitations at this point because the reason for me kind of stepping away from photography in the first place is because I'd become a token within that world. I, I just was rang in and been like, look, we've got like a black gay photographer. So we've ticked off all of the boxes. And I, I just hated that. So for me, for me, getting into advertising was trying to get into a space to help narrate the stories that they wanted to tell in advertising from a much earlier space so they were much more authentic and doors were left open and um, 
talent was actually given the space to tell their own stories. Um, yeah, so we kind of, that just kept happening. And then, to be honest, we went and watched um, Black Panther. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went and watched Black Panther and we left. And was like, we're going to find Wakanda. Literally down the street, our other halves were just like, okay. <laughs> we were like, we're going to find Wakanda. There must, like, where is Wakanda? And we kept saying it to each other. And then, yeah, we just made a WhatsApp group and added people that we knew. And it was just um, an art director from over there and editor here and that. And everybody was a admin. And just thinking about the beginning of that WhatsApp thread, what were the types of things people were saying? Um, it was help, wasn't it? Help and support. It was help and support. Yeah, 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 it was. It was help and support and just kind of like a lovely, it still is, but mm. it, initially it was just about a lovely space of people telling each other, oh, you're not mad. Go and yeah. say this, go and do this. You can talk to this about H. Like, just re reaffirming, like I said, if you're like a minority and like a company that has like 200 employees and there's only like four, um, four, four black or brown people and then like, I don't know, Christopher Columbus Day rolls around and like you lot feel a way about it, but everyone's like, yeah, we're going to have drinks for Christopher Columbus and no one gets it. And you're just like, this is, this is strange. But to have a space to like say... Uh, them men were like really celebrating Christopher Columbus and like just for someone else to laugh and be like yeah very wild you can just release that annoyance mm. but if you don't have thing, by the way huh? <gasps> but yeah like things wow. things, things just like like that like a space to be able to just confirm like oh, I knew I wasn't going mad you know like you know, literally just support pure mm. support but then as it grew and like grew and grew we were like oh there's like We've got like an agency here that we could form into anytime we wanted to combat any of the things that we're complaining about. And I think we were very conscious at the beginning and up until now for any complaint that comes up in the group. It's like we get it off our chest and then we instantly are like, cool, what should we do about it? Because we've got the power to. There's not a skill set that's not in POC, mm. you know? I think this might lead us on talking about drinks for Christopher Columbus. Uh, it's connected, I think, with your second rule that you have broken. Play the game. Um, play the game as a term I've heard so many times. I don't really hear it anymore because I think I'm at a senior position. So no one says that nonsense to me. But definitely when I was junior to midweight, it was like... Um, You've got to play the game. You need to come to these drinks and you need to do this and um, you need to hang out with this person and go on holiday with that person. And and I was just like, no, I, don't, I came here to create and I've made things and I've done excellent work. I'm now going home. So you're talking here about networking, right? Yes, but like not networking in the sense of like actually going to an event and like connecting with new people who fill you with inspiration and you're going to connect with and build something with. And just talking about... Um, being in even whiter, shall I say, spaces like a pub where you have kind of no cultural significance. I've only, I've learned this in the past like decade. I think growing up to me, no, I don't think, growing up to me, when we talk about pubs, it was, um, I grew up in South Norwood and Crystal Palace is the, the team of South Norwood and then men after those matches used to like 
chase me and my brother down the street as kids and like throw like glass um glasses after us and call us monkeys and make monkey noises so that's my association with pub mm. so when you lot are like ah, oh, let's go to the pub i'm like no they want to kill me in pubs it's not until like fully i've been with my other half and going to the pub with his family i'm like oh okay so to people from north uh up north um countryside the pub is a space where um everyone from the neighborhood goes mm, there's a sense of community right and so when we talk about kind of like playing the game and stuff like that um there's still those connotations of like or for me anyway experience of like going to pubs and like being overwhelmingly the minority it just it feels super uncomfortable and it's cool i'm not saying like everyone should stop going to the pubs but there is this thing of pressure of like well if you didn't come to the pub and you wasn't involved in this conversation then you might have missed out on this promotion or that shot at that particular project so i guess i guess the way you're describing it and I think it's probably the case in most industries, is that crossover between the personal and professional. But when the personal is inherently flawed because of its systemic injustice, yeah. how unfair is that? 100%. And if it's 100% personal when, you, when you're going to interact in that space, then why don't I have, I guess, the autonomy to be like, oh, I'm not interested in that mm. without being judged or being called like antisocial or I don't want to be involved in this, that or the third. Yeah, I think it's really difficult for people within the community. And it's something that was definitely raised early on when we had our first meetup, because those environments are really just, they're built for a certain kind of thing. Especially also, if you're in those spaces, it's a thing of people are not in work. So there's no structure of like HR or behaviour to be like, let me watch what I'm saying and doing, it becomes, um, it's a freer environment. Absolutely. And to certain people, that means actually more danger. Yeah. So, for example, slave story. Yeah. So I was at the pub for leaving drinks. Can't remember who. Was it yours? No. No, no, no. We didn't have any. I know, but I remember you turning up. Yeah, because we like those people. <laughs> anyway, um, my uh, boss at the time had uh, like a crutch because he had injured himself, I think, playing football. And there was a woman who also worked at the agency who came along and didn't realise that he had injured himself. So he, um, she was like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, are you okay? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just, like, overdid it, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, wow, oh my gosh, like, that's that's terrible. Like, um, you shouldn't be carrying that bag because he was going away for the weekend, so he had a, a weekend bag on him. So it's just the three of us in this conversation. And she was like, "You well, you, you know, you can't be carrying that bag. You need a slave or something. Mm. And then <laughs> as soon as she says this, I'm like, what a weird use of words like why would you even say that in this day and age like you wouldn't be like oh you need an assistant or you need like mm. i don't know mm. a concierge or whatever um so anyway those words left her mouth and i was like that's strange and then <laughs> she turns around to me and is like nana get his bag oh my god and i was like what it was the wildest thing um, 
that happened so fast. And for me, I was just like, I'm getting out of this situation because I didn't like it and it was uncomfortable. And then she runs after me and is like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean it like that. I was just like, you know, and I just think it's mad that the connections in your head are even moving in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So unaware. And when I think of your second broken rule, play the game, there is an unsaid rule that you do have to swallow it. It's connected to your first rule, which is why we keep kind of putting it in brackets. Mm. So that's a really difficult kind of... You've got to straddle both of those things and I don't really understand how... How you do it? Yeah, yeah. I I don't either. Like I I can't map it out for you. I, it's just become a instinctive thing, and it's also like not every day. Like not every day um, do I have the energy to do it either. I will say that I like there are privileges that I've had along the way, uh, such as such as Nana being like my first boss at a, posi- a senior position. You know, like. There are lots of times that people try to walk off in that first position with my ideas and work. Mm. Uh, and one particular time that happened and I was devastated. They were like, yeah, this is great. We're just going to go and give it to this person and blah, blah, blah. Thanks. And without prompt, like the next thing I knew, Nana had sent like an email round to all the senior management and called individual, had a whole meeting with all of them. Um, and shut it down, but then proceeded to have individual meetings with each one of them was like, this is why, this is that, 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 that. I think that's another thing with POC that uh, definitely this year we want to push forward the message of it's really good for you to bring in these like young kids and make your businesses diverse, but what is your senior lineup saying? Mm. Because if there is no one in your senior lineup that has um, a cultural connection or experience, like the communication between you and this new kind of um, blood that you've brought in, it's, it's non-existent. You're not going to understand where they're coming from or why they find your meetup so scary or why they find a workplace a hostile environment. Mm. Um, That's the thing. They're not going to stay. The work isn't going to be authentic because they won't have an environment in which they can flourish if they're not supported from above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's no point to it. Yeah, and I think my... Other privilege was probably like my creative partner. Um, shout out to Mr. Tom Dunn. But um, Tom has always been an ally from day dot. Um, and when people have said the wildest of things, um, he's been there without prompt to just be like, no, dada. actually, the same lady that inferred uh, Nana was a slave, mm. uh, I remember was going to like, I was going away and she had, it was really weird because I kind of avoided her, to mm. be honest, because I was just like, you're really wild and I don't want to clash with you. I really don't. So I just tried to sidestep her all the time in the office. She asked me where I was going and I said, oh, I'm going to LA. Oh, where are you staying? And I said, you know, um, up in the hills at this particular place. My best friend lives out there. And I was like, this is a weird conversation. I was like, something's coming. And I didn't give her anything more than that. And the next thing I knew, like, she'd, like, fully put, like, her hand at the side of her mouth and was like, in the ghetto! And I was just like... And I, before I could say anything, Tom was like, that's really racist, isn't it? And let me break it down for you. And he just went off yeah. loud as well so the whole office could hear. 
And I was like, oh, this is great. I just sat down and like continued. I was like, thank you so much. Like it just a weight off of my shoulder. And I think without um, Nana, because throughout all my life, black women have always saved me. I've said this so many times and Nana is definitely one of them. And also without the allyship of my creative partner, like I think, I don't know if I would have survived. You know, I, d- I don't think I would have. I don't like, why would I have stayed around in mm. those environments? So obviously there'll be people listening to this that are at much, uh, I hate using the word lower, but in terms of this hierarchy within the advertising junior, world. Junior, junior. Junior, yeah. there you go. You can tell I'm not in this world, can't you? <laughs> More junior positions. Yeah. Now, if they don't have the privilege that you had, which is to have someone like Nana in a higher Oh, what do I call it? A more senior position. Yeah. All good, all good. <laughs> um, what can they do? Um, you can definitely... Well, join Pork. Join... Well, this is why we're here. Yeah, come and join us, but also uh, immediately, like mine and Nana's. And actually, everybody in Pock, I would say, DM is open. That's the joke of the matter. Yeah. Like, you can... I'm always telling people, like, just DM me, like, mm. holler, holler. Like, I'm more than happy to, like... Um, be the bad guy if I can get into the situation for you and argue. Uh, Croydon really did prepare me for wars. Um, but and that's yeah, the thing, but like a lot of people um, in the group, it ranges from senior and business owners to MDs and CEOs, and you know, just across the board. And I think that if younger people who have less experience are going through things, there are people who have navigated these environments and we're here helping each other in the community. And there's ways in which, you know, um, even the very senior, not even even, but just like the senior people, I see them come in there and they're like, oh, you know, they want help and insights in different ways. So it's not a thing as in like, oh, just because you're junior, you know, you're kind of leaning on Mm. um, senior people all the time. Like it's it's a real network of reciprocity and that was one thing that we were really Mm. adamant um about people giving and receiving and not just coming in to to kind of take so yeah i think that there's there's lots of value in in our community growing and there's lots of um people who are able to help younger less experienced people who don't know how to navigate that environment Mm. to move through their careers more successfully but sorry just to add to that but immediately other than like finding me and Nana and Park, um, also start your own network. Yeah, like start your. You've got everything around you that you need. Do you know what I mean? Like as each day goes by, the people at the top are kind of sliding down for someone else to kind of take over, mm. and eventually that will be your spot. That's the secret of it all. Mm. Can you open it up for me a little bit? Because obviously I'm not within the community. Yeah. Can you describe? What I imagine is a sense of fear in terms of speaking up within those, I don't know, whether it's in a boardroom environment, whether it's in a meeting, whatever it is. What what does that, how have people come to you and what state are they in and what are they saying they're feeling like? Uh, as in from a junior perspective? Any. Um, I think in my experience... Um, Okay, so in our experience, actually, let's bring it back to um, us because I don't want to tell someone else's, but I vividly have remembered stuff going down, coming to Nana, 
and almost being in tears, not from a place of upset. It's because I couldn't, I'm going to be honest, punch somebody up. So there's that real mm, frustration. frustration and like literally being in the room and screaming at the top of my lungs at Nana. And then he said this and did that. And But being able to talk to Nana, it means I can talk A in a shorthand and B, she understands those microaggressions. She understands what... Um, those kind of little digs kind of mean and to be understood in the first place first of all brings you completely down because you're like right i know it's not me like i said it's there's a lot of gaslighting uh Mm. for minorities within advertising in all industries actually across the board a lot of gaslighting pretend like no overreacting yeah it's not happening Mm. no are you sure no also just really quickly some of the worst culprits to hr yeah, and not just to like, yeah. like there are amazing HR people, um, but also the conversations that you can have with them. I, I bring it up because of the gaslighting and because of the oh well, you know maybe it was this like the the constant excuses. So if you go to um, to UHR as a black or brown person with an issue, and they don't understand where you were coming from, that frustration level is just going up and up because you're like, why are you, like, literally the thing that has been said to me time and time again, oh, but just to play devil's advocate, I'm like, why are you playing a game? Like, yeah. devil's advocate, like, are you serious? But yeah, 100%, I hate that. Just to play devil's advocate. First of all, I don't play with demons. Second of all, <laughs> this is my life, like... I don't need for you to play. I'm telling you how I feel. How I feel, yeah. right? And you're playing a game. And you're yeah. playing the game. Like, who can I talk to? Yeah. Like, who can I talk to other than you? But I remember going to Nana and uh, being very, very upset and almost in tears. And uh, Nana, um, her thing was like goals. Like, what is my goal? Mm. She'd always say to me, "What is the goal of the situation? What is it that you're here to do?" And I'd be like, I repeat what I said in my initial interview, and she's like, "Right, cool." So how do we navigate the situation to make it right, but also we're still on track for the goal? Um, Nana, I want you in my life. <laughs> you know? And I'd be like, right, yeah, you're right. And also, just Nana just showed me like I like I'm aware of my energy. So for every workplace that I'm in, for every space that I'm in, I can take over a room one way or another. If I'm in a bad mood, I think you probably know as a Virgo, it's mm. a Virgo thing. It's a Virgo synergy. Guy. 100%. <laughs> so if I walk into a room and I'm happy, like I will yeah. like make the whole place lit. But if I'm pissed off, that everyone's depressed. And so Nana was like, you've got this amazing energy. Like, what is your goal? Mm. It's that. This is the problem. This is how we could fix it. How do you use those energies of yours to make it kind of happen? So again, it's about having someone who's already navigated this to come back down and be like, this is the language and this and that. And I remember when I first started as well, like, you're such a don because you were like, this person does this and this person connected to that and that. And I'd come home every day. I was like, yeah, she gave me like another hierarchy lesson and I don't understand why. And actually now... It's like, it's the first thing I do. And I'm like, who does this, that, 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 that. And just that's how you navigate. And like you almost, for every agency I've ever been in, like I've never just gone in and like um, bum rushed a set and been like, rah. 
it needs to be this, that, 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 and the other. I also do the other half of the work, which is transforming that agency and making people into allies. And um, don't think I ask for permission to turn you into an ally. <laughs> like you don't even know it's happening, yeah. but by give me six months and you'll be at marches with me and you'll be like da 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 da. Like you know, I go in and try to encourage that everywhere, for sure. So I think it's to answer your original question, sorry, which was about what do. What can young people do? I think, A, start your own networks. I promise you, you have all the people around you, the yeah. stars of tomorrow right within your reach. And also, like, reach out to senior people. Don't do that thing where you feel like, well, I don't know them and I don't know that, 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 and the other. It's like, no, reach out. Reach out and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I think also if you want to really contact someone, like, people are definitely busy, but don't just send one email and be like, oh, I sent an email and they didn't get, like people have got so much going on like if you want to like seek someone out or you like what they're doing or you want to I don't know have them be your mentor like go to where they're speaking and like meet them in person person, or chase them find out who their PA is and you know get that meeting that you want you've got to be really um, persistent with these things and I think a lot of people can feel like they're bothering or like you know I got back to someone I actually sent an email to someone uh, this week who had missed me in like November and I was like really sorry on the late reply but you know like yeah, they were like it. oh yeah like it's but like you will find the the time at some point but you know maybe you might miss it or whatever mm. it is but yeah always always holler I could get endless more uh, life advice from you both but we have to move on can you please tell me the third and final rule that you have broken Um, the third rule is pass on the blame. So you're saying don't pass on the blame? No, don't pass on the blame. If you make a mistake, like, listen, no one's trying to take your life. <laughs> it's not that deep. But there is a thing within, like, um, advertising where it's just like, and I get it. Everyone's trying to prove why they're on the salaries they're on, why they should have a job. And so when something goes wrong and it doesn't go to plan, um, which as a creative, like, is insane to me. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if all the things that I think of are going to work. Like, I look for the insight, I follow the strategy, and, like, and this is how I interpret it, and this is what my gut is saying. Um, and it might work and it might not work. I probably shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> no, I like it, it's on it. But it's, but it's true, like, you know, but I do the due diligence to... Uh, try and like predict that it will work but if it doesn't like i then don't come back and be like well the strategy was shit and this was that and that was that and that was that it's like that blame culture is like very heavy on mental health and like i just we've never ever been with it the space that we originally had as well like we just we never did that if i made a mistake while in the junior while i was a junior in that position I'd just be like, oh, I messed this up. I've messed up the edit. Mm. And be like, all right, cool. And then like we'd all get involved and fix it. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. I think there is a thing, a culture that exists where people are insecure. They're worried about losing their jobs. And um, there's also ego as well. So mm. if you can detract from yourself somewhat you can place the blame on somebody else then you can kind of elevate yourself up and bond yourself with other people 
and then throw someone else under the bus. But what tends to happen is that it's usually the most vulnerable person who will be thrown under the bus. So if you're a minority, if you're a woman, it's, you know, there will be whatever excuses, especially if you're in a very white, middle-class, male-dominated team that's been kind of put together for this project, then, yeah, it's very dangerous for mental health because you'll find yourself at the brunt of things that, that go wrong that aren't necessarily your fault and a lot of the time it can just be based in I don't know like a a mess of a situation because things haven't been put together right on everyone's behalf but it's easier for a team to blame one person yeah rather than the team just to go like how do we pull together and fix what the problem is and just from a like a real I guess a creative um, perspective as well. I just I don't think it encourages good creativity because actually, like of all of this conversation that we've been having, all of this stuff obviously is important because it's my life. But also, I really care about making <laughs> amazing work. Like yeah. because for every second that I'm in um, the building, um, I'm away from my loved ones or like not doing tending to my garden. Which sounds really geeky, but I like I love my garden yeah. and I wish that I could just spend more time <laughs> in it. So for every second that I spend in buildings doing creative work, it has to really mean something. I have to be making an impact. I have to be changing the way that people are viewing products and, and how they feel about being in that workspace. Um, so for me, like when I'm in these spaces, it's it's got to be about the creative and um, making the best possible work. And to make the best possible work isn't just about being the creative genius in the room. It's about your team and the rest of your team's mental health and like what's going on and do they feel comfortable enough to like attempt for a mistake and know that they're not going to be thrown to the walls for it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Can we zoom back out again and look at blame culture as a thing? Mm -hmm. And in conjunction with Park, do you think there's ever a case for blaming? Um. (laughs) my other half will tell me all the time like I don't know if it's like a Ghanaian thing but if someone does something or you know like I'll be really open and I will be like this is what has happened but it's not in a this is your fault kind of way it's like look at what the situation is and look at how whatever might have happened like how you might have contributed towards this and then the person can be like oh yeah you know like I don't know if I'm describing that. No, I understand what you're saying. I guess I'm I'm asking that question thinking about the way that you've described the majority of the advertising world to be, which is middle class white male. Do you ever not just want to say, I blame you? No, I like, no, because I think to say that is just, that absolves like society and the history of society. Like these structures that it, exists within advertising it's not a fluke like just in advertising men are really problematic like that it's a bigger kind of conversation you're part of a system a bigger system systemic racism so um um i reckon like the reason why i mean i'm sure a lot of industries are similar the thing about advertising is that it has a certain culture to it and I mean that in the sense of 
and I haven't worked in different places like accountancy or banking or whatever, but and I know there are egos still within those environments, but also there's like a bit of a casualness or an excess and a kind of like pride in arrogance or a pride in... Yeah, because I... Because advertising at one point was for a certain elite group and those particular groups come from a particular class and education and within those spaces it is a bit kind of grotesque it's over the top it's Mm. looking down on people with less than you although you rely on those people who are apparently less than you for their culture Mm. to then pump into the thing that you're trying to sell there are certain actions obviously that people need to be held accountable for. Mm. But as a whole, for me, um, advertising and some of the the environments it created within advertising are a symptom of wider society. Yeah. So therefore it's like... It's too complicated. It's too too complicated. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to call you out and talk to you about it, but it's never from a place of like, this is all your fault. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. I think the most frustrating thing about that is that people who are, I guess, perpetrators of it don't understand the system in which they are contributing towards and not in a blame way, just in a like this is how it's all working and your unawareness of it collectively is a negative thing for our lives and your refusal to acknowledge that is frustrating for us. Absolutely. You worded that really eloquently. Um, As admins of POC, meaning the actual WhatsApp group, do you ever find that there is this kind of blame culture that's bubbling within the WhatsApp thread? And if so, how do you try and navigate that? It's a simple question, like, it does. I think naturally sometimes that might bubble and then the question is, so what are we going to do about it? Right. That instantly diffuses that and it it, we, it turns it into a positive. Mm. Like, what are we going to do about it? So, like, uh, with the Generations of Greatness campaign that came about um, a conversation revolving, I think I might have initiated it because I was talking about... I was talking about uh, Pride Month and how there were rainbows everywhere and that was great. But then when it came to Black History Month, I was like, it was just tumbleweed. And as someone who's LGBTQ plus um, or on the spectrum of, I found it, you know, offensive because I live in the intersection of those two things. Like Pride Month, great. Black History Month, great. Those Both of those two months like mean something to me. And um, so I think we had a bit of a moan about it. Like, yeah, this is a liberty because why can't we do that, 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 that? And then it was like, cool, what are we going to do about it? And then about 14 people of the group within the group at the time were like, cool, I want to do something. I do too. Let's meet next week, Tuesday. And we did, uh, which then turned into Generations of Greatness campaign. I'll let you talk about it. There was a lot that happened between (laughs) that initial get-together and where we got to. And I mean a lot in the sense that everyone in POC has full-time jobs, they're freelance or they're they're full-time working at agencies, but doing other things. So to get a project like this off the ground is just insane with people giving their evenings and free time to to work on it. But essentially, 
great uh, generations of greatness tells the story of um of the greatness of black and brown people through the lens of the generations that came to the UK before them. So one person that we looked at was Ette Davis, who is the um, CEO of, of Engine, and looking at who his granddad was and then who his father was and how that's now resulted in Ette, who is doing amazing things in an agency in a really senior position. And then we did one on Clara, Ampho and equally the same thing, looking at the generations that came before her, which has now resulted in her as a as a broadcaster and um, presenter and all of the amazing things that she's doing. So it's looking at immigration, I guess, in a really positive way and just celebrating ourselves. Or, sh- or even more so, I think, sharing the way that we already look at um, immigration and yeah, our elders because yeah. I, I don't think those stories are um, <coughs> they, they've not been shared and so you wouldn't understand why I feel entitled to be here it's like go home it's like are you are you mad what are you talking about like paid our dues like my grandfather was like a scientist in Jamaica a really really amazing one and then came over and nobody wanted to give him a job so he ended up cabin which turned into chauffeuring which turned into his kind of like own business and and then come comes along my father and my mother and him supporting them and then I come along and now I'm at like a, a creative director at like the fifth biggest media agency in the world hell yeah so do do you know what i mean (laughs) so it's kind of like telling those stories but that came about of us just like i think we collected probably about 10 stories we released it to industry Mm -hmm. uh that has now led on to a partnership with clear channel clear channel and um which has enabled us to tell those stories um across billboards um nationwide Nationwide. Nationwide. Wow. Hey, this is what the power of action can do, right? Yeah. If only yeah. Twitter had that rather than just angry tweets. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, all of that's done off the back of us. Like, there's no money involved. Like, we're not sponsored by anyone or, like, no one's mm-hmm. time is being paid for. It's just, like, we finish our nine to fives and then um, we'll all go and meet up at whatever agency and hash out what needs to be done. And we have, like... senior copywriters and junior copywriters and same for art directors and this and that and like there is no hierarchy within a room it's just a room full of people trying to tell uh, stories and bettering and all of that came from a frustration of why is Black History Month in October being parred in a way or it felt like it was being parred in a way at the time Um, yeah yeah Yeah, it's so powerful Mm. it really is and when you think of all of the people within the community who have given like their time and their energy towards it in a proper way. It's like it's insane to think what we've done and 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 how we've pulled off like the campaign and how um, you know just with that kind of partnership, we're now able to put that message out far and wide, nationwide for people to to see it and engage with it and understand those stories it's it's inspiring please can you tell me the one rule that you will both never break (laughs) 
I think the one rule that we would uh, both never break is actually breaking bread with the enemy. Um, you kind of hear that term and sometimes it makes sense that you have to do it to kind of get along because they're the only thing, um, they're the only thing, they're the only kind of person that might be able to get you into the kind of next room. Mm -hmm. And for us, the enemy is <laughs> the enemy of progress. <laughs> uh, um, the enemy is kind of ignorance. It's... Um, money over culture it's mm. business over culture um and we would just we would never mm. never break that rule it sounds so kind of stereotypical or i don't know cheesy to say that we always need to be true to ourselves but it's true like we do need to make sure that everything that we do and everything that we engage in is authentic to our roots and what it is that we're trying to achieve as a community and an organisation. Yeah, everything that POC does should always go back into POC. So for any kind of brief that we give ourselves or any kind of collaboration that we have worked on in the past <laughs> or coming up, um, it has to kind of answer a brief of like, so what does this do for the community? Mm -hmm. What doors does it open? What doors does it keep open what platforms can we share to like spread other stories so last month we took over um we guess edited campaign magazine mm. um how and cool that was, is that <laughs> yeah it's cool but we you know within that the decision when we was making decisions on who was going to be on the cover and what stories are going to be told it was like who needs this platform and there were a few familiar faces in their call, but for the most part, if you look through, it's like people that haven't got that kind of shine before. Yeah. Like really independent people doing amazing things. Like, and for us, that's why we feel like we nailed it because we just didn't mm. like gonna go with all our shiny new palatable friends and be like, haha, we're advertising. Yeah. It's like a lot of people like have never ever kind of got that kind of shine before. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Like the people who have reached out to us and let us know what it's meant to them and what it's done for them even in that short space of time and that's really what we're all about like there's no point putting people or you know having the same old people who already have like massive platforms and like Kevin said yeah of course there are a few of them but you know to really be able to allow people who haven't had that opportunity to have their faces out there as well is is really important to mm. us. Nana and Kevin, can I ask you where do you want to take Pock next? Um, I think like at the moment, like we are, um, we've got we've got like groups in New York and other spaces, um, but like nationwide, like Manchester, uh, Newcastle, spaces yeah. like that. Um, just giving support and and because that's initially what POC is. All this other stuff that has come from it makes sense naturally and serves the community for sure. But it always needs to be a safe space. I think we're also looking within this year or next year to definitely have a physical space that allows us to uh, pass on skills. Mm -hmm. So phys a physical space would be amazing because when you talk about those kids like kit when i say kids but younger junior people to like know there's a space to go to and be like yo 
this happened or I need help with this. Yeah. And just to come into a space and be able to do that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of power in just, and I mean, in an empowerment sense in being able to walk into a physical space and to understand that there's going to be people there to help and support you, but mm-hmm. also you're going to be able to learn. You're going to be um, inspired, say, for example, if they saw our Generations of Greatness campaign around and they're like, oh, all you guys, you're all working in advertising, doing your thing, but also you're out here producing things like this. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a really powerful space. And also to enhance our own relationships with each other um, beyond the WhatsApp group. Because you can definitely really sense that when people from the community come together, there is such a, what will I call it, like just vibe. Thank you. I'm going to say the three of you because of Nana's (laughs) baby that's very close to coming Um, for spending time with me, totally um, educating me about what you're doing. And you're such like brilliant disruptors that are clearly taking action in such innovative ways. So thank you. And thank you for having us, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And just if you want to find out kind of what we're up to or what we're doing, I'd say the best way is probably our Instagram, hey? We are Bok. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be our Instagram. Yeah. Just hit us up. Hit us up. Like, we're really open. We are not with that funny kind of, like, private members vibe. It's, it's not about that. It's just, yeah. like, everybody has worth. What do you need help with? Like, all of my skill sets are yours. And I don't even care if that's for your uni project you're trying to finish off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all valid. It's all important. Mm. Because none of us can make a pound with 99 pence. Your mailbox is about to go into overflow. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) 